And I've also been working still on The Devil's Bible, which is oh, yeah. still in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am almost done. Well, almost done is an exaggeration, but I'm almost, almost done with the entire book of Genesis, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. that's a classic book. Classic book. Uh, it might stop there. It might be Genesis plus greatest hits. It might okay. be Genesis and Exodus, but mm. we're at least halfway there. Well, that's great because we're going to be talking about a story from Genesis in we part are. today. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in Chicago right now. Is there anything that you guys want me to get while I'm here for you? The bean. The whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Back. Heist it. Heist Acquire it, the cloud gate. That Sandy, bean. Carmen San Diego style. Just like take the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Live up to my to my hometown's namesake and steal that bean. <laughs> so many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. Welcome to the Worst of All Possible Worlds, the first and only podcast willing, ready, and able to steal that bean. I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And joining us once again, uh, we have a fan favorite, somebody who I know that many of you listening to this are just going to be really thrilled to hear from again. Uh, It is the one, the only, the inimitable Lev Novak. Hey, thanks for that introduction. I don't know. I don't know about inimitable. I feel like I'm pretty mittable, but minitable, but we'll figure that I've out. I've never tried, but... <laughs> we'll, we'll adjust uh, that inimitability in post if we have to, my pronunciation. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brian, that's, that's a no for Brian right <laughs> there. <laughs> Brian. Dial in the... Do we have right, Yeah, just in, hit the in button a, for that. Perfect. In a, in a, in a, now I can't even say the word anymore. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I mean, it's the one that always trips me up when I'm singing Hamilton. Inimitable. 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 <laughs> so, I can't do it. I simply can't do it. You gotta let the rhythm work for you. Yeah. That's right. The rhythm is gonna get yes, you. When you look at me, I I scream rhythm. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, what I'm excited about here, you know, not only do we have Lev back on, we have Mm. Lev back on to go once more into the wild and woolly world of Odyssey. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got four real fucking banger episodes this week. Lev, Lev, can I ask, (laughs) what about listening to four episodes of Odyssey made you be like, you know what? I would like four more episodes of Odyssey. (laughs) Um, I would say definitely it's helpful to see how uh, Christian entertainment talks about these stories as yeah. somebody trying to reframe the discussion. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's really interesting to sort of get the other approach. Uh, and right. also, frankly, it's the barrier of entry of hanging out with you guys on this wonderful podcast. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Say, say, say less, love. Oh. Say, just keep it coming. Just keep it coming. <laughs> I'd, walk a th- I'd walk a thousand miles with Whit- Whitaker in my ear, you know? And I would walk... A- 5,000 more just to be the man hanging out with Lev Novak on a podcast. So that's um, right. the first episode, then we might as well just get right into it. Cause I mean, if you're listening to this already, you probably know the drill. This is wits endless summer, a ongoing sub series of the worst of all possible worlds where we and listen. Summer just gets hotter and hotter. Oh God, it's so fucking hot. It's actually not that hot in Chicago right now, interestingly enough, but I know in New York, it's what, like 96 or something today. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I just looked out my window and three birds fell from the sky <laughs> on fire. In Chicago, you know, the piano's hot. Oh, yeah. 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 Just a nightly brawl and all that jazz. So the first episode of Adventures in Odyssey that effortless. we have selected this week. It's always effortless with me. I got you, baby. Um, 
the, the first adventure that we listened to this week is a, a Western. It's a Western yeah. entitled The Ill-Gotten it's, Deed. It's a Western set in Ohio. But, you know, the, <laughs> the Western frontier started it, it, much, yeah. much further east. That's why the they day. call it the Midwest. It, it, back, yep. back in the day, it really was, you know, part and, and parcel really of the Western frontier. The, oh, call, like Michigan is already kind of stretching it as far as like the term West being applied to that. But the mm-hmm. fact that Ohio also fits into that, it's like you're not even west of the Mississippi. Well, we are technically it is technically west of here where I am it's, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. West, that's how we gauge everything is like, where is it in relation to A.J. Diddy? Yeah, where? <laughs> And it's Diddy West. mean time is how all world time <laughs> is calculated. It's a, that's a different kind of DMT. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, th- this particular adventure begins uh, with Chris telling us that Calvin, by the way, who the fuck is Calvin? Who is this kid? Calvin, Calvin's one of the, because this is an early episode. This is, a, uh, this came out in 1989. It's episode okay. 92. Yeah. Um, mm. So this is one of the precursor kids. This is where they get one of those actors who becomes a recurring actor but not yet in the character that he's known for playing. So this is Fabio Stevens, who later plays Kurt Stevens. Oh, okay. But here he is as Calvin, who is the proto-Kurt Stevens, basically. So Calvin is, Chris lets us know that Calvin is looking through the books, and he's also looking pretty angry. Uh, He's (laughs) mad at his brother, I guess, because they share a room, and his brother's just being a real shit. His his brother plays tricks on him, so he's looking for... Yeah. A book of tricks. <laughs> now, um, you know, I, I, I speak as, as a guy with a brother here. B- Brian, I know you have a brother. I, I also have a brother. Lev, I know you have a brother. I have two um, brothers. Two brothers. Uh, right. You have one brother twice. <laughs> I don't have any. Right. Aww. So I'm excluding you from this conversation, AJ, uh, with the intention of asking Calvin here, do we do we buy his fundamental motivation? Because, you know, we hear that his big thing is he's got this rivalry with his brother who's always sort of like doing goofs and spoofs. You know, he's sort of manipulating the situation. Um, Goofs and spoofs? Yeah. Yeah. In this economy, (laughs) Josh? Do we buy that Calvin would really be this shitty about his brother is basically my opening question for you all. I say yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll explain why. Fundamentally... Calvin sees himself, I see, imagine him as the younger brother, and he is mm-hmm. looking for revenge and retaliation. Ben, Jesse, don't worry. But I will also <laughs> say, um, reading a book is also a uh, high barrier of entry, again, to use the term. And yeah. I happen to know from my own experience that if I am arguing with a brother or I see my brother reading a book that looks good, it's one of the only reliable ways to actually get me to read something. Sure. Uh, so Ooh. in that sense, you know, my brother mentions a book, I will actually read it as opposed right. to, you know, not reading it. So in that right. sense, you get something that can like match your brother. That's a great incentive. You get something mm. to beat your brother. All the better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice it's two be for a one. Cover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and in this book, you know, it, wit. As per usual is, you know, fucking like, oh, I've got the best solution for this. So he finds Calvin a book that's really going to help him get one over on his brother, except this actually is, not. This is, yeah. this is a very loud library. I just want to say it's yeah. there's a lot of noise in the library. It was the coughing in the background made me very oh, nervous. There's so much coughing. <laughs> I oh, was so maddening. Well, it's a smoking library, guys. It's 1989. <laughs> All the kids, Odyssey, lighten up, reading Huckleberry Finn. Wit came out really strongly against the Odyssey anti-smoking ordinance. (laughs) 
so yeah, I mean, you know, this this book, uh, Wit suggests a book. It's called The Ill God Indeed. Apparently, Wit wrote it himself. Because, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, Wit's an author. <laughs> <laughs> so we end up in Richmond, Virginia in the early 1800s. There's some really I've boring got, I've got some of this shit. opening narration yeah. here. And Horace and Grover found themselves at the law offices of one Ambrose P. Schnook. Uh, Mr. Schnook? Huh? Who's that? Why, it's me, Horace. Yes, and Grover. Oh, good. For a minute there, I thought I was seeing double. <laughs> so Grover is Nathan Carlson, our good friend who plays Richard Maxwell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Horace is played by Louis C.K., uh, this is Horace and Pete's. This is the bar that he runs with Steve Buscemi. No, it's a. No, that's really God. funny, Brian. That's, that's a great joke. Alan Alda plays Snook. Everyone laugh. Uh, so, uh, it's me. I'm the laugh. I'm the guy. I'm the guy who's here for all your Alan Alda and Horace and Pete jokes. Anyway, so Horace yeah, is played you. by Charles Knox Robinson, who's uh, he's an old timey like TV actor. Uh, his last role might be the one that you know him for. He plays the elderly lawyer that Matthew Broderick has in The Cable Guy. Um, maybe that's oh, also boy. just for me. He also, <laughs> for how bad his Virginia accent is, he also played one of the Anderson sons in Shenandoah. So there we go. Mm. Who knows what's going on here? Lev, you had mentioned before we started rolling that you had some thoughts about these two brothers and their uh, accents. I if do. You want to. First of all, I am surprised that Horace is the country yokel and Grover is the, you know, a feat <laughs> intellectual gentleman. It's not really how I picture those names commonly associated. Mm, yeah, also, sure. Also, neither of them are anything close to a regular guy from the time period. No. <clears throat> Grover is this. 1920s, you know, Boston Brahmin about to do some, <laughs> you know, like little hustle. And then you have this guy who is like this slack jawed yokel. He's like goofy. He's got the he's got the hiccups. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He's consti- yeah. He's constantly bamboozled. And it feels like Grover, not to, you know, victim blame, but Grover really is just seeing a pretty big opportunity. I imagine, like, among other things, not to spoil anything. Horace left his lockbox in his brother's house? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's a little bit asking for it. For sure. So so just to really clear sort of what the setup is here. Yeah, you've got yeah. Grover and Horace, and the two of them are identical twin brothers, right? But they couldn't be more different. That's right, Brian. And <laughs> Just like Tia and Tamara. <laughs> so they turn 30, and uh, when they turn 30, their dad dies. And uh, he wills them a property. However, the trick of it is he's not willing it to them jointly. Instead, it's a competition for some reason. Mm. The two of them need to see who can make it west the fastest in order to lay claim to the property, acquire the deed. And uh, I guess there's just a guy yeah, who's out there a, waiting for yeah. them to show it's, up. It's a rat race situation. Yeah. 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 The father is played by John Cleese with a spray tan. <laughs> It's become a game. I guess their father mm-hmm. had a lot of money and property, obviously, and he spent a lot of money on some property that ends up not being very worthwhile. But these sons don't have much. So Grover, the the smart one, the the urbane trickstery guy, he's just renting a place. But Horace has property. He's very good at farming. Even though Grover is the one with like everyone's documentation and birth certificates <laughs> and shit. Yeah, Grover yeah. Grover has a whole house and he's uh is spending $80,000 to remodel a large section of the house. He's constructing it entirely on his own uh <laughs> using 
parts from the Home Depot. I'm saying that it's a Grover house. Oh. So, <laughs> there it well is. Done. Okay. Very so well So Horace, done. you know, unlike unlike Grover house, uh, is much better at the outdoors, and we, right. we learn as yep. much. But it isn't right. Horace likes the outdoors. You don't. Your father should have left you double the money. That's just Chris, by the way. Yeah. Well, he didn't. So there's no use in complaint. Wait. Oh. Uh, Okay, so Grover is not as good at being outdoors Mm -hmm. as his brother, Horace. Right. His identical twin brother, Horace. Then he schemes to impersonate his brother to get a hold of his inheritance monies and mm-hmm. use that to go out to hmm, he you, he impersonates <laughs> his twin brother <laughs> to get the inheritance from his father mm-hmm. they couldn't be more different mm. and they hmm hmm where are you going with this, Brian? Hmm, I don't know. It's just, it's so familiar for some reason. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say what we're all thinking, which is Grover's <laughs> wife is a certified hottie. Yes. 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 Her voice. A dime. Chris, Absolutely. A Chris dime. Is a babe. Yeah, oh. she was the voice of Barbie for many years. Actually. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what you want from your hot, evil wife. You're like, <laughs> like a little bit of like a pouty. Like she's a pouty. She's pouty. She's complaining, but she is ride or die. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. You should steal your from your brother. It should all be for you. Like bit of a right. bit of a Lady Macbeth kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Who is yeah. also another certified smoke show, as Absolutely. we all know. Shakespeare's notes in the comments, you know. He was very clear on that. Note on casting. Must be certified smoke show. (laughs) It's another one of those words that Shakespeare coined. Right. But uh, (laughs) biblically speaking, this is a total inversion of Aeson Jacob, is I think what we're talking about. Whoa, whoa, what? There's a story in the Bible like this? (laughs) There's a story in the Bible like this. The Holy Bible? (laughs) I think I thought there might be, but again, Catholics don't read the Bible, so I have no idea. Brian was doing this whole like eyebrow like waggling thing for the last five minutes, and I'm like, yeah, I, I Prince of the Popper, right? We're all talking, it's Prince of the Popper, <laughs> Mark Twain. No, this is a podcast yeah. that honors the Lord, AJ. <laughs> that's that's we what we do we're not here honor for. Mark Twain on that's this right. podcast. That's right. This is this is of course that story from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just talk that through real quick because that's a classic story, right? Teach just, me. Beat that out real quick. (laughs) All right. This is one of my favorite stories. And as someone who went through it in the original Hebrew, not to flex, I can tell you some (laughs) very interesting things happen. I thought you said went through it in real life. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) Went through it in real life, also in the original Hebrew. It was really something. Got a lot of drama going on in my life. But uh, (laughs) one thing everyone should know is Jacob and Esau. Uh, Jacob is the younger brother who ends up with the inheritance. He's the patriarch through which Judaism, Christianity, and alleged, and I don't know if Islam follows that. I think they follow Ishmael. Ishmael, point, yeah. But point being, you know, if you're talking Judeo-Christian, it comes from Jacob stealing this blessing. And Jacob is Grover. Jacob is the villain in this story. It is actually mm-hmm. a little strange and subversive the way they paper this over. And the way a lot of times you will hear justifications of, for example, uh, when Jacob demanded Esau's birthright for the lentil mm-hmm. stew. It's all about, well, it shows that Esau didn't value it and yada, yada. No, no, no. Uh, Jacob screwed Esau over twice, actually. Once yeah. in order to get his birthright, which is the right. double share of the blessing. When, right. by the way, a, that food that Jacob was making was for Esau, the hunter who went out to get food. It was the division of labor. It was uh, some good ass stew, though. I just want to be very clear yeah, about I mean, that. Those yeah. lentils were fine. 
<laughs> and then for the second time, he goes in, impersonates Asaw to get his dying father's blessing. Right. Asaw is screwed mm. over twice, by the way, in case anyone is curious. They later reconnect. Asaw forgives oh. him completely, says, come with me. Let us be brothers. Jacob says, yeah, sure. I just got to tie my shoe, basically. Runs away because he's a little coward. And that's yeah, that. Yeah, like when they meet up, he's so cool about it. Asa and he's just like, you know what? Cool. Yeah, it's like a lot of, they do, they, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it like a Christian. Yeah. Um, they do an episode uh, about Jacob and Esau much later. It's one of the episodes, it's not an Imagination Station episode, it's one where Bernard narrates it. But here uh-huh. is like this really interesting way that they've mapped it on and they don't acknowledge it. The only Bible verses they reference at the end are from the like letters of Paul. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's weird. I think huh. I think maybe they had Jacob and Asa in mind and they were told we're pushing Paul this month and they had Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> we're pushing Paul. We gotta sell that Paul merch. The story of uh Jacob and Esau, classic story, right? And this one's a little bit different, the story that we're told here, because as opposed to like a birthright stolen, the mm-hmm. idea here is that they both have the potential to sort of compete on an equal playing field yeah. for that thing, right? Right. Yes. And it's a weird, it's honestly kind of a weird setup. And I don't know what they were going for with that, just from a writing perspective. I I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. I think they were just trying to make a Western. Yeah, I think they were just trying to map, you know, sort of uh, frontier American personality traits onto these characters. So that's why the Jacob character has to become far more like scheming and, right. and you know, has right. to have the wife who's like also in on it and everything like that. I also think that they they kind of had to make him more sympathetic, like they had to make Grover I don't know. Odyssey couldn't spoilers for this. Odyssey couldn't be founded <laughs> by a trickster. Yeah. You know what sure, I mean? Yeah, like it sure. couldn't be founded of a trickster deal because that would corrupt like the main core of the town. So this is Grover. He's he's made it to to the deeded property. What about it, Mr. Van Cree? Hey, you can call me Silas. Well, looks like everything's in order. Mm-hmm. I'm just a guy speed. who's <laughs> over here for <laughs> some won. reason. Rachel, we won. We won? Oh, we won. Sign the transfer down at the bottom, and the yes. way I could tell an ET oh. Valley is all yours. Yes, I'll do it right now. So our real Odyssey heads will recognize that name, Wayakatalaniti. We have not covered anything regarding this uh, in this show, but there is a camp. There is a summer camp in Odyssey called Camp Watanut. Oh, yeah, Which right. is so named because it's taken the name Wayakatalaniti. And made it into what a nut. Now, Wayakatalaniti is a word from no language at all. It's completely made up. Mm-hmm. Big what? surprise. Shocked. Uh, and and the and but again, the real heads know what this means, which is land that stinks like a swamp. Which is, I think, a reference to like Chicago, because I think Chicago's name comes from like the word for skunk. You know, we talked about Red Dead Redemption two a few weeks ago. We talked about that beautiful, lush, you know, incredibly well-realized environment. Mm-hmm. I got a plan, Horace. And I, <laughs> I just found myself in this episode just being like, 
wow, I can see it all in my mind. This is so clear and so specific and just so incredibly precisely realized. I'm amazed at how sharp this writing, I'm being sarcastic, (laughs) it fucking sucks ass mm-hmm. like the, the, the way it's that so they, many contrivances oh my god to make anything happen in this episode you know they, they they try to lean on the foley to like give you a sense of we're in the wagon we're on the road mm. we're in the place it but it, what's interesting is that i think at this point adventures in odyssey was actually already doing pretty well in like the production mm-hmm. department and this yeah. is really a, a like a c-tier narrative just mm. strictly like speaking on the technical level um, yeah. And yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, Phil Lawler did not deliver here no. as a writer either. It's just like, because it's just like, here are all the things that happen in Westerns, which, surprise, guess what? It's <laughs> racism time. But you want to tell me how it could be any worse? India! That answer your question, take... Oh, God. Uh, uh, it's amazing so, that this isn't even the most racist episode we're sure going to cover today. <laughs> Just you wait, folks. It gets even worse. So, love. Oh First, I was surprised because this episode takes place canonically in 1967. So, <laughs> the terminology, the attitude was all outdated. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Uh, definitely, <laughs> I gavolt. Uh, I was like, I sure hope this, among other things, I was hoping this is the most problematic episode that doesn't scale up. That was incorrect. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I'll, to be perfectly honest, I was wondering what was the biblical comparison point that they, that they were trying to draw Mm. the parallel because neither, well, sure. (laughs) When you talk about the Hittites though, speaking of the Hittites, while we're talking about Jacob and Esau, a very, and racism, seriously, uh, one of the very under, uh, appreciated parts of why Jacob got the blessing and not Asa is Asa married a Hittite woman and their mm. mother said because of these Hittite women my life is not worth living uh, and that is wow. racism Whoa. it's yeah. very serious and in yeah, fact yeah. when Jacob is sent out it is ostensibly so he's not killed by Asa the excuse they gave is so he finds a wife who's not a Hittite by the way so mm. oh, it, interesting. It's, it's very interesting. The devil's Bible touches a lot on the that sort of racial dynamic intention. That you sure. See. But yeah. And, no. and and Jacob had no trouble finding his wife. Oh, whatsoever. Well, oh, well, obviously the bait and switch of the story. Right. Right. M- yeah. I mean, it took him bro- 14 years to get there because he ended up saddled with a wife that he just didn't want. You yeah. Hate when that happens. But yeah, I will also <laughs> say one more thing quickly while we're doing Bible study class. Yeah. Uh, Laban, <laughs> Laban switches out the two sisters and the two wives in the same way right. that Jacob switched uh, clothing with yeah, Asa uh-huh. to get the blessing. Right. Uh, mm. So it's also funny when you see how this is treated as a terrible thing that Laban did uh, from the uh, from the outside perspective. But ostensibly, he is doing this for his daughter who has an eye condition. Oh, uh, when they, when who like an older daughter who was unlikely to get married, who famously had an issue with her eyes which is a problem. Conjunctivitis is the current understanding of that unmedicated yada yada. Oh, Laban wow. is just being a good father the same way uh, Jacob, Jacob's mother was, well, being racist, but trying, you know, yeah. to put her finger on the scale. Laban is a much better excuse. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I really like the lesson as it was uh, drawn out in Fiddler on the Roof, which is mm-hmm. that you're just not supposed to trust your employer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
especially when they're your uncle. A lot of cousin marrying going on up in yeah. here. I think the most interesting thing that this episode could have done is have Silas be Horace in disguise. That's Ooh. what I actually thought was oh, going they, on. They, they mm. trick each other. Yeah, where like Horace finally gets one over on Grover. Yeah. But no, Horace just shows up and gets tricked yeah. again. Because the whole thing about this land stinking like a swamp, it is a swamp. Once the rainy season comes in, it's like it's too wet to be to grow anything on. And then like cows move in and it's just like it's not land that you can do much with, which uh, my ancestors have a lot of experience with in Missouri. But there's also <laughs> while they're still dealing with, um, you know, the marauding wild yeah, again, horrible again just, inhuman people who are like you're stealing their shit they're just trying just, to just get rid of you just to my previous point too of like how poorly defined this all yeah, is yeah like you don't get the sense at all this is just these guys are just these 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 local natives are yeah. a sound effect like uh-huh. they're, they're they're not even yeah. they're, there's nothing there and there's it's this just, one little gag that they have here that's that's more illuminating than I think they intended for it to be where uh, Silas has his gun and he uh, just sort of fires into the air Wait, you missed oh well, that I don't want to hit him I just want to scare him off I don't believe in kill him. I don't know if we have to really say anything beyond that one. Um, (laughs) It's just like, yeah, here's here's the good Christian people who have like views and opinions and values. Yeah. And they're but they're just they're surrounded by the wild and heathen and untamed peoples. Yeah, it makes you wonder where all those dead Native Americans came from if they don't believe in killing so much. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. It's hmm. also, it's also, okay, so this is a question I had. Um, is he screaming range cattle or rage cattle? Range. Huh? Range. range. Yeah. I thought they were just like really pissed off cows <laughs> that were like yeah. storming yeah, so, past this place. So rage. the tribe gets run off by a, a stampede, a famously harmless thing that right. never killed Mufasa. <laughs> allegedly killed Mufasa. Allegedly. <laughs> right. Well, what? Are you running interference for Scar now? What is this? <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is that you can't prove that he caused a drought. A new king can't cause that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's like- a result of the previous regime. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. And I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Yeah, okay. I know. I know you do, buddy. I know you do. There's so much substance in this episode. So, yeah. This is a plot episode. This is stupid. Yeah. And and what happens next is stupid because so, there's so Horace led the stampede. <laughs> yeah, like what the, the fuck? What is this? Be, because he was so good at the outdoors, he still got there faster, even without all the money to get there. Yeah. And I keep wanting to call him Pete. Grover. <laughs> Grover's like, oh, you know what? You deserve the land after all. I'll leave it to you. That's his double double cross, much Whoa. like Jacob had. Mm. Uh, and then he decides he's gonna go back to Virginia and take over from Horace's old property and Horace is going to be stuck with with the swamp right as the rain is about to fall. However, Horace has something that Grover does not. Swag. Protestant work ethic. (laughs) True to form, the rains came and the whole area turned into a swamp. But while Horace wasn't too wise when it came to his brother, he was no dummy when it came to farming. He saw that the water problems could be solved simply by digging irrigation ditches in a few strategic places. He persuaded several other farmers to help him, and once the land dried out, they built themselves a town on the spot. A beautiful little community by the name of 
Odyssey. Yeah, that's the thing. What? Those, those. What? <laughs> he what? He what? Those natives. Those marauding natives, they never could have figured out something well, as complex as saying. irrigation. There wasn't the anything there before, Protestants Brian. of America, they could finally settle shit land. And let me tell you, as someone <laughs> whose ancestors got some free land from the government and ended up getting it real late in the game, and so they got stuck in fucking Missouri, shit land is shit land. And if right. it wasn't already settled by somebody else before you got there, there was probably a fucking reason for it. I... Couch Missouri is not a fertile place, let me tell you. <laughs> I have two big thoughts, because this is actually, this is huge, right? This is the origins of Odyssey, right? This mm -hmm. is like, in terms of the lore heads, this is like what we've been waiting for. Like, Odyssey how did this whole thing start? and Wit's End. Yes, and specifically Wit's End. becomes the, uh, spoilers, the church that then becomes the recreation center that becomes Wit's End. I think it's fascinating that Odyssey is the same origin story as the island from Lost. <laughs> I would have to say, ultimately, I was nonplussed. Okay. This, this answered a question I had never had before. <laughs> so, and guess who those people are? I don't know. Some guys. Got our guys. Like, that, sounds, yeah. that sounds correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. The McAllisters, they left their boy home alone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the big takeaway here that we get, the big lesson at the end of all uh -huh. of this is that you have to forgive? <laughs> Actually, that, that, yeah. that's what they you, have as a lesson? This is yeah. how Witt puts it. I think he understood what the Apostle Paul meant when he wrote, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's why he saved his brother from the Indians? Yes. So, that's what Manifest Destiny was. Yeah. We overcame all the evil with good. Non-violently, too. We didn't mm -hmm. believe in killing. Yeah, we'd fire a warning shot or two. No, we just prayed so hard we got their land. Yeah. yeah. You can forgive anyone as long as they're white. Like, oh, God. It's it's just so, it's just such a vile, putrid, like, start of it. And it's fascinating because Odyssey is supposed to be, like, this great, good community. And, you know, like we were talking 1776 uh, before, mm -hmm. it's all built on blood and mm -hmm. death and <laughs> yeah. destruction that they just kind of gloss over as, oh, no, yeah. enough. They will touch on this, I believe, in the next episode. Uh -huh. We discuss Absolutely. a little bit of that legacy, which will later, well, we'll get to that when we get to that. So Hey folks, this is a preview of a premium episode of The Worst of All Possible Worlds, and if you want to catch the rest, you can join us over at patreon.com slash worstofall. That is patreon.com slash worstofall. You don't want to miss it. The, the <laughs> Adventures in Odyssey gets more racist from here, and we later discuss the origins of the controversy around Two Live Crew's album As Nasty As They Want to Be. And guess what? It hits a little bit closer to Odyssey than you might think. All while covering an episode that's basically just kind of a ripoff of Footloose? It's very weird, so we hope to see you there. Again, that is patreon.com slash worst of all.